Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast. My name is Scott. I am here with my friend Brand. How's it going, my man? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome, welcome listeners. There we go. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where two guys sit around and talk about music. One brings the other an album the other one hasn't listened to. And then we listen to it for a week and come back and talk about it at length. Every week, our intro is like a pickup basketball game. Like, we have no (laughs) idea. We have no idea how we're going to do it, who's going to be playing, what words we're going to use. It's just a guess. Like, it's facts. <laughs> we just throw stuff out there. The only thing you can count on from me starting an episode is, hey, everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast. That's it. And after that, it's all improv. And you know, the key about improv is always have a gun. That's what you need to do. Mike Scott <laughs> taught me that. Uh, anyway, this week we are talking about the band Pup, the album, The Dream is Over. Now, Pup is actually an acronym for physically unable to perform (laughs) pathetic use of potential. See, I knew pup from like the pup list for football. Sure. I have no idea what that is. It's, it's physically unable to perform. That's a, that's what pup stands for in the pup list on like maybe all sports. Oh, okay. I am not a big sports guy. So that tracks why I don't understand that. I don't know why you're wearing the catcher's mitt uniform then, but (laughs) I played second base when I did play (laughs) and there was no pup list because we had a team of like 10 people total. When, when did you stop playing? Like how old were you? I was in, I was a freshman, I think was the last year. So you played like pitch baseball, like they Mm -hmm. pitched it. Yeah. I bailed before they started pitching. Like as soon as it, as soon as it came off the tee, I was like, I'm out. I don't want any of that. I was yeah. scared. My final play of, of being a baseball player was mm-hmm. an inside the park home run off three airs. I was so stoked. <laughs> That's awesome. I was so stoked. Everybody's messing up, and I, I, I felt like I had a walk off. Like I was there like, you oh, go. we got a home run. <laughs> Just trotting around the bases. Oh no, I was. I mean, I was a big kid, so I was like rumbling around the bases. <laughs> oh, no. The team I was playing for was a like a pizza shop that wasn't even in business anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> Explain that one. I, I can't. <laughs> you can't promote the pizza shop because it's closed. 
Good old stop and go pizza. <laughs> I remember I played a game one time where there were like we were specifically told not to slide into base because there were needles in the field. Definitely should have been somebody out there cleaning those up, though. Like, <laughs> right. if you know they're there, why don't take care of it? Right. Like, hey, kids, watch out for the needles. Yeah, it was just a community park. It wasn't It wasn't anything. Like, there were burnt out cars on the street. We were playing it. But, I mean, if you were still playing, like, with the school, like, somebody should have been out there taking care thought. of it. Wow, we live in different times. There's yeah. different times now. <laughs> yeah. Imagine walking to a school and be like, hey, there's needles around second. Don't worry about it. Just don't slide. Yeah, no, I was looking around when I was playing. I was like, God, stay away from these. Wild. That's a wild sense. Yeah. Anyway, off of baseball into PUP. PUP, like I said, is an acronym for Pathetic Use of Potential, is a Canadian punk rock band that formed in Toronto, Ontario in 2010 under the name Topanga. From Boy Meets World. From Boy Meets World, because the entire band had a crush on Topanga, Lawrence slash Matthews, depending on what time you're watching the show. I think everybody did. I mean, I was an Angela guy, too. I loved Angela, too. Man, did I love Angela. Who was Angela? That was that was Sean's girlfriend. Oh, she was like the, the punky chick, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember her. She, she was great. I was a Topanga guy. Oh, don't get me wrong. I was, too. Yeah, but you were just an Angela guy as well. I was also an Angela guy. <laughs> right. The band consists of bassist Nestor Chumak. Sorry if I mess up any of these names. Probably all of them. Guitarist Steve Slodkowski. Drummer Zach Mykula. And vocalist guitarist Stefan Babcock. They decided to record a four-track EP together under the name Topanga. Although Babcock says at the time they considered it a one-off project and didn't think of themselves as a quote-unquote real band. The Topanga EP... Later was called the Lionheart EP. It was released as a free download on December 7th, 2010. After the release of their debut EP, the band started to get better show offers. And by the beginning of 2012, they began touring with Colorado. I don't know that band. Nope. Just taking a guess Never at the name. Uh, it's H-O-L-L-E-R-A-D-O. So Colorado. That's a sick name, though. Yeah. <laughs> and even signed to Colorado's label, Royal Mountain Records. In 2012, the band began the process of making their first full-length album and wanted to find a producer who could help them capture their heavy performance style in a studio recording. They became interested in working with Dave Schiffman, who is actually a pretty big name. He worked with bands such as The Bronx, Weezer, Rage Against the Machine, and Anti-Flag. I'd say those are some pretty big names. And all they did was they sent him a demo and like he ended up liking it to the point where he flew out to Toronto to work with these guys. That's crazy because I heard that, especially nowadays, if like a studio exec or a producer or somebody hears or if they receive demos, they don't even listen to them. They just right. like automatically send them back because if you listen to it, then there's doubt that if that something that sounds similar to that happens in your production later, you could be sued that you said you stole it. Oh, yeah. But if you've never listened to it, you can't be like, no, I never listened to any demos sent to me. So you can just... You, you know, can't... Yeah, you can't say that it was stolen or anything like yeah, that. Which is insane that that's the world we live in, but I also understand why that that's happening. Yeah, that that is crazy, though. Because there is there is parallel thinking like two yeah, people can't is. come up with the same idea. Yeah. But, oh, man. To be that careful that you could be missing out on a incredible on a great act. band. 
yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, me, I would end up listening to every damn thing. But then you'd go in the, like, if you go in the studio, you would hear, like, something slightly similar, and you'd alter it to sound better in your head to what you've already listened to, and then you're getting sued. Oh, yeah. No, I'd be, I'm not saying I'd be rich. I'd be broke paying <laughs> off these lawsuits. Yeah, at that point, you're just making music to pay off your lawyer. <laughs> yeah, 100%. During the recording process, the band decided to change their name to fit more with their heavy punk rock style. After a few months of uncertainty, they decided on Pup after Babcock's grandmother was quoted as saying playing in a rock band was a pathetic use of potential. Uh, the name change was announced via social media April 16th, 2013. Grandma, grandma, it saved the day on that one. Grandma strikes again, right? After Dave Schiffman's enthusiastic response to Pup's demo, all four members of the band quit their day jobs to focus on Pup and take the band to the next level. So they actually all quit their day jobs on the same day. It was a planned out thing. They were like, let's go team. After the release of the band's self-titled full-length debut on October 8th, 2013, the Calgary Herald named Pup one of Canada's best new bands, and Stereo Gum listed them as one of the top 40 new bands of 2013. They also won 20 Bucky Awards which are the CBC Radio 3 Awards that honor and celebrate Canadian indie pop and rock music. They won one for Best Live Show and the other for Best New Artist. In December of 2013, Pup signed with Side One Dummy Records and re-released their debut in the States on April 8th, 2014. So half a year after the actual release of the record in Canada. I'm familiar with Side One Dummy. At least we got something in there that I know what we're talking about. (laughs) Oh yeah, this is where they went big. Yeah, I did not know any of the Canada stuff. Any of those, any of the, any of the, the radio stations, the award, none of that. <laughs> right. I don't know any of it. I, I didn't either. I actually came across this band from a really great friend of mine, Johnny DaCosta, acquaintance of yours as well. Yeah, I was looking, I think I might have posted on Twitter that I was looking for something new to listen to because I was bored with music. And Johnny threw up, oh, you need to listen to this band Pup. And I was like, a band called Pup. Oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be rough. And then I ended up listening to the the record we're gonna talk about today, and it was so unlike anything else I was listening to at the time. It was just awesome. I loved it. I mean, I, when I hear it, it sounds like something you'd like. Like that, yeah, that that's that, it's not like I heard it and I was like, oh, it's weird. He likes this. Yeah, no, it's not. It is definitely a, a, a Scott type band, mm-hmm. uh, but I just never heard them. And then. Yeah hearing the way they play their instruments specifically guitar in this punk genre there's a lot of like you would call it noodling <laughs> 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 uh within the song though like while not necessarily like guitar solos or anything like that but there was a, there's a lot of that going on in the structure of the song that I it never I never found it anywhere else before really not yeah. to the extent that they have it in this but yeah so shout out to Johnny for uh for showing me pup and making this episode possible. Yeah, look at that. So after Side One Dummy re-released the album in the States, the band then went on to tour relentlessly throughout Canada, the US, the UK, Australia, and playing Grass Rock Festival in Belgium, uh, Reading and Leeds Festivals in London, Riot Fest in Chicago and Toronto, and they also participated in Bands Warp Tour in 2015 on may 26 2016 pup released their second full-length album the dream is over through side one dummy according to the band the title is a direct quote from babcock's doctor 
after damaging his vocal cords. I think he had a bunch of polyps on his his vocal cords that had to be removed, and they were just shredded, I guess. Just like other other punk royalty, MGK. Don't don't say that. That's a that's not a sentence that should have ever <laughs> been uttered at all. He rapped about it when he was still rapping about polyps on his vocal cords and stuff like that. And I, that's the only oh, reason really? I know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, punk, punk royalty, MGK. No, 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 no. no yeah. No, punk punk no, royalty. No, He's been knighted. No, he no. Travis Barker knighted him. That's that's a fake Travis Barker, just like it's a fake Avril Lavigne. No. That's the same. That's the same Travis Barker, at least. The Avril Lavigne. I like that conspiracy theory, but it's definitely the same Travis Barker. No, Travis Barker changed when he took off the Aquabats mask. The album was recorded with the financial support of Canada's private radio broadcasters. So not only did Side One Dummy put out this record, they got money from the government to record this record. Yeah, Canada's different. I love Canada. Canada's different. Like I love that they support bands like this. Remember that band I told you about, Living with Lions, that came out with that holy shit record. Mm-hmm. I listened yeah. to that. Yeah, that was uh, that was financially supported by Canada's government as well. Canada's government's out here just helping mi- minuscule musical acts get <laughs> right. recognized. Right. Thank God for Canada. Hey, maybe the American government's given MGK a bunch of money. Oh God. That's the only way that's that's the only explanation. That's the only explanation that that guy has any kind of career right now. I mean, he has a he has, he has he's might be he's bigger now than he's ever been. People love him, man. Oh, I I can't. It's I can't. not for me right now. I don't like I, I don't know if if I went back and listened to his rap stuff, I don't know if I'd enjoy it right now. But Probably not. It's not for me, you know. Whatever. MGK, live your life. The album has 10 tracks and a runtime of 30 minutes and 31 seconds. Pup's second album was also produced by Dave Schiffman and released by Royal Mountain Records in Canada, as well as the Side One Dummy in the U.S. Upon its release, The Dream Is Over received pretty high praises, scoring 8 out of 10 from AnyDecentMusic.com, 4 out of 5 from Kerrang, and 7.8 out of 10 from Pitchfork. It ended up being ranked at number 22 on Stereo Gum's 50 Best Albums of 2016, Number 19 on Noisy, it's a subsidiary of Vice.com, on Noisy's Best 100 Albums of 2016, and number 11 on the New York Times Best Albums of 2016. The album landed at number 48 on the Canadian album Billboard charts, and number 82 on the Billboard Top Albums sales charts. So it's a, it's a very successful album. Yeah, it's number 12 in the U.S. Independent Albums Charts, number 13 on the Top Alternative Albums, and number one on U.S. Heat Seekers, and number 20 Top Rock Albums, and number five U.S. Vinyl Albums Charts. It's just crazy. It's all over charts. Also coming out at this time, uh, number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 was One Dance by fellow Canadian Drake. Featuring Wizkid and Kyla? I don't know. I don't even know what album's that from. What year is this? What year this is this is 2016, so I think it's Views. I don't know if I've listened to that one. And I think that's considered like his one of his best ones. Yeah, that's the one where he's like sitting on top of like the Sky Needle thing, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, Johnny. I know it's not a Sky Needle. I know it, it's probably something else, and I butchered it. But Hey, better a Sky Needle than a Field Needle, right? <laughs> what? Better to have a sky needle than a needle in your baseball field. I know, I know. Oh god, that's terrible. That's the difference between Toronto and America. 
It, it is. Number two on the Billboard Hot 100, Panda by Designer. It's just Designer, but I understand the joke. Yep. Number three was Seven Years by Lucas Graham. You, I know you know that. I do know that song. I actually, when that came out, I actually really liked that song. I like the idea and concept. Was that it. the album that you told me to listen to by him? I told you to listen to a Lucas Graham album? Mm-hmm. Oh, then probably, yeah, because that's the only one I listened to. Then, yeah, I listened to the same one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, there we and go. I think I think we had different opinions on it, but we can move forward. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do that sometimes. Number four was I took a pill in a Ibiza. Is it Ibiza? It's Ibiza. Yeah. Yeah. By Mike Posner, uh, fellow D- Detroit guy. Man, this is a weird, weird billboard. I, I guess I wasn't listening to billboard stuff. In yeah. 2016. Uh, number five was Work From Home by Fifth Harmony featuring Ty Dolla Sign. I wonder if that track came back in pandemic times work from home <laughs> you would think i was surprised to write it down at when it came out in 2016 i was like oh that seems like something that should have came out like last year the only song that i would have listened to on this billboard hot 100 that i liked was probably number 15 stressed out by 21 pilot yeah i've never gotten like i think we talked briefly on 21 pilots before never really yeah. got into i didn't get super big into them i just kind of dug that track but it's weird it took you to 15 and then it's still only like maybe i listen to this yeah exactly I, I went through i think i went through all the 100 i think i went through the entire 100 for the that year that time 15 was the only one that came i came away with i mean i knew panda but it's not like i li- i chose to listen to panda it was just everywhere like it was on all kinds of shit Oh, yeah. The number one album at the time, May 21st through July 16th, actually, and July 30th through August 13th was Views from Drake. Yeah, I think it was up there for a while, too. Yeah. Actually, it's it's funny because I when you look at the list, it gives you a, a different indication of what was the top selling album of the year. Like it puts mm-hmm. it in a different color. It was actually Adele's 25. That was the top one, but it ran on the list for a shorter amount of time than views did. Yeah. Hip hop albums stay on the charts a lot longer now than they ever did before. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Doja Cat's Planet Her is like still in the top 10, I think. Which oh, really? that came out like I don't know, 9 months ago. Oh wow. And it's good. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's still just riding up there is insane to me. Yeah, crazy. I think um, Gunna's last album is still number 2. Wow. Other albums that were released May 2016, Cindy Lauper's Detour. Didn't know she came out with anything after 86. Girls just want to have fun, man. <laughs> uh, Death Grips, Bottomless Pit. I've listened to Bottomless Pit. I've listened to some Death Grips, and it's it's uh, it's it's a, it's a very specific thing. <laughs> I only listen. I think I've only listened to like a track or two. And probably if you didn't like that track or two and you didn't feel the need to dive in more, there's really no need. Gotcha. If you ever want to feel... And listen to something that feels very experimental, then yeah, go for it's it. That. But and I know there's people that like go nuts over death grips and yeah, they're there's allowed, like, like they yeah. can think that way. Also, Radiohead's a moon shaped pool. I don't know that one. 303's night sports. I, I know you were a 303 guy. Oh, hold on. Let's oh let's let's ease back on that throttle. I don't know <laughs> if I was ever a 303 guy. I knew a few songs by 303 because they were huge in the scene. But yeah. I didn't know 303 was putting albums out in 2016. That's insane I. to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chance the Rapper came out with Coloring Book. Which is considered like his best album. Hatebreed came out with the Concrete Confessional. I don't think I listened to that one. No? I liked it. It was good. I, I think the last new Hatebreed album I listened to was Self-Titled. Oh, wow. 
You're way back then. Yeah. Ariana Grande came out with Dangerous Woman. That was a big album. Bob Dylan came out with Fallen Angels. Never listened. Nope. Architects came out with All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Which architect? Is that the one I have? The, I, what's the Is one that the white have? one? Yes, oh, no. the white we, one. We bought, we bought the same one. Did we? Remember, it was on that one website, and it was like six bucks. Oh and yeah, like I say, I sent you the link, and I was like, "Is it, is this worth it?" And you were like, "I like that album." And then yeah, I did like it. that album. <laughs> and then the last album I have here is "Thrice to Be Everywhere Is to Be Nowhere." I don't think I listened to that one either. I love that album. That's that's the one with Black Honey on it. Then I have listened to that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely told me to listen to that. I, I definitely did because I love that album. I think it's super good. It's one of my favorites of theirs. So yeah, that's that's what I have about Pup the Band, about the charts when it came out. Why don't you jump into your track by track and I'll I'll throw a few things in here. Oh yeah, I heard you have, you may have more notes on these tracks than I do because <laughs> I heard your situation that you have an, an interview that the guy apparently wrote an ex- an uh, dissertation on each fucking track. I do. I do have a few notes on almost every track, so I'll I'll just chime in after you give your little bit. Well, going into this, I knew nothing about Pup. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know Pup. I didn't know the name. I didn't know anything. You said before we ended the last episode that they're the Canadian punk. Yep. So I went into it in the idea that I was going to hear what I consider punk. I guess. Oh, because, okay. Because what I got. Isn't necessarily that. Right. First track. If the store doesn't kill you, I will. I got very heavy, like Midwest emo vibes off this. Okay. And I don't, and I don't really listen to a lot of Midwest emo. Like I'm mm-hmm. familiar with it because a lot of people I know, I mean, stick is a huge Midwest emo guy. So like, I know I'm a fan Yeah, more about Midwest emo than I should. Right. Sonically everything together. I like, I like the, I like the tracks. I think it's great. I just, I was struggling with this first track of it being punk. It just to me, it's it's more of a a heavier indie or like a heavier Midwest emo. Okay. I guess you could say that that's like punk in there. And then now I'm just being a pedantic asshole. But <laughs> that's just that's that's what I was hearing. Also, I hope in these notes that you have from the vocalist or whoever it is, I hope it explains some of these because some of these tracks, man. I couldn't figure out for life of me what <laughs> there, the fuck was happening. There is some explanations about what, what the tracks are about. So, I mean, this first one's pretty, you can pin it down, but tell oh, me, yeah. what did he say about this track? Stefan said, contrary to what the lyrics might imply, it really seems to us like the ultimate celebration of friendship because they had done over 250 shows in 2014 when this track was conceived. What's, what's, what's the celebration? If, if if you don't die here, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. You've never had jokes like that with your friends. I don't know, man. It's like this album's traveling down one side of the highway and I'm traveling mm-hmm. down the other. Like there's there. There's no we might pass at certain points, but there's no we didn't really meet. OK. Thematically a lot or like the emotions behind things didn't match up for me a lot on this stuff. OK. This one's kind of like a tongue in cheek little sarcastic type oh yeah no i didn't i love it i I had no problem with this first one it didn't it was just like okay i guess what i'm getting out of this is you know this is the sound that i'm going to get is what i figured i was like this is more the the attitude that i'm going to be hearing sure and then the one thing i have to say before we go to the next track is the transition between this and the next track is flawless isn't it beautiful i was perfect Yeah, I love it. It just jumps right in. Even if you don't wait to finish this track, like you could cut this track off at two minutes 
And as soon as you like skip it, it still sounds like that song picks up perfectly. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The production in between track one and track two is astonishing to me. It's unbelievable. Dave Schiffman, yo. So then we get into DVP. I have written down. I like this objectively. Okay. Standing on the outside and watching this, I like it. The moment that I try to connect, I dislike this track a lot. Like, I can't put myself in it. I can't find myself in it. It does not work for me. Okay. In my head, there's like this gloating of like, I'm kind of a piece of shit, but I have issues, whatever. And like not addressing, <laughs> like not addressing your own problems where that, you know, just, hey, this is who I am. I'm, I'm fucked up. Yeah. It's a weird. I've never felt near that. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I've never. I've never had that thought of like, sure. well, I'm fucked up. You got to deal with it. Ah. <laughs> I've never, I've never been there mentally. I don't think that I took it that way at all. <laughs> that's wow. what I got. Okay. See, that's where, that's where I'm at with it. It just, it did not vibe with me. Like we're, we're just on two separate wavelengths. It, it's like if I was watching like a race happen, like I'm enjoying the race, but if you put me in a race car, I'm terrified and not trying to be involved. <laughs> okay. And that's kind of like what this track was for me. I was like, I don't, I don't see myself in here. I don't, I, I can't, I, I just can't be that person. So what did the band member say about this? Uh, no, he didn't say anything about this one. This one, I just have a little, a little thing. Uh, this track is named after the Don Valley Parkway, a highway that runs through greater Toronto that has a maximum speed limit of 90 kilometers per hour, meaning Stefan was driving double the limit in this song. Yeah. And he, I, I didn't even put that together that he drop he name drops it, but I didn't even put it together with the title of the track. Yeah, drive in one eighty on the Don Valley Parkway. And I personally have driven on the Don Valley Parkway. It's actually hey. really nice. It's a six lane highway. Yeah, it's it's Canada, so they know what to do with their taxes. <laughs> right. um, from DVP, we head on into doubts. Yep. Again, I love this track if I'm not trying to connect. Okay. I, I don't see myself in a stupor on the floor. I, I, I just, I can't put myself into it. And I pinpointed down to like the emotion that I don't like farther down on the list. I just don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it right now because there's okay. another track that it kind of like meshes with more. Sure. Sonically as a song, it's incredible. The first two also, like I think as songs, they're great. I love them as tracks. But sure. I, I if, if I was trying to listen to this like you, mm-hmm. I'm out. Like, I can't I can't connect with those three tracks, even though nobody's ever said that you have to connect every piece of music unless you're no, you and you're listening to do it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I also started to realize that every single song, like first three, they have very similar vibes, but mm-hmm. very different vibes also. OK, and I, I don't quite know how to explain it, but like the moment I'll start getting into a track. And I'll be like, yeah, OK, OK, I know I know what's going on here. And mm-hmm. then we'll switch to the next song. And then I got to reacclimate, I guess. So you would have liked it more if they were longer songs, maybe? I think. Oh, I don't know, because they, they do definitely change a lot within the songs, too, which yeah, I they don't do. know if that's something that's affecting me. But that should be something I enjoy. That's kind of a reason I brought this to you, because as we've talked about before, you like it when you're able to just not completely focus on an entirely long song or anything like that. And by the way, if I'm not focusing mm-hmm. this, this, this whole album's uh, it's, it's a 10 out of 10. Like I, if I'm not trying to focus and hear every word and I'm just yeah. listening to it for what it is, then it's, it's 10 out of 10. It's, it's flawless. It's great because there were times where I would sit down and listen to this to take notes and I would 
get lost. I would put a song on and then I'd be like, all right, I got to take notes on this. And then I look at, I look and it's four tracks later and I didn't take one note and I'm just listening. And that's what this did to me. It just, I I was just flying through it and I enjoyed it. And you said it was 30 minutes, by the way. Yeah. Which to me sounds wrong because it goes so, (laughs) it goes so fast. Yeah. But it also felt longer to me. Huh. It, the the album as a whole felt longer than that because the tracks did feel short. Yeah, but the but for me the album I don't know, I don't know. I think we'll get there once we touch on the emotion that I wasn't about. What did Stefan say about this? Uh, this what he his quote about doubts is this song is about not being able to let go of things and people. I have a lot of trouble with that. I have nagging doubts about myself, about my life, about my choices. I second guess myself constantly. Most of the time, I'm a bundle of anxious, nervous energy. I'm constantly terrified that I have made or am making or will make a huge mistake and fuck everything up for myself. And I usually do. That fear can be crippling and affects me in a big way. This is sort of a reoccurring theme on this record. It's something that seems to follow me around in life and worms its way into almost everything I write. See, being somebody that is kind of an anxious wreck most of the time, I didn't catch any of that in there. It felt to me more of a rather than an I'm anxious, this Mm -hmm. is what I feel. It became a I'm anxious, so fuck it. I'm going to drink like in my head. That's okay. that's like the combination I put together. Like I spend more time on the floor than my bed. It's like, well, you can you can adjust that. Like go to your bed. Right. I, I guess I look at it just as he obviously has a different way of coping with things than I do. Oh, 100 percent. I agree with that. And so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I like them from the outside. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm looking through a plexiglass door and like I don't have to be involved in this dude. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem too. Like that attitude, I've dealt with people like that. They yeah. usually turn out to be very toxic. Like you mm. just don't want to deal with those kind of people. Right. I got It's you. like, listen, listen, dog, if you're not going to do anything to help yourself, I can't help you. Right. And that's, that's a lot of what I got out of that track. I think, cause I didn't okay. catch any of the, I can't make a decision. I'm nervous about decisions. Cause yeah, that's me all day. Every time right. I make a decision, I'm questioning what the fuck's going on and overthinking which outcome we could have. Yeah. He's also trying to condense this into like two minutes, 45 seconds. We'll get to that in a later track, too. All right. On to sleep in the heat. Is this just he bought drugs and gave them to a girlfriend and the girlfriend OD'd? Like, is that what happened? No, not at all. I was hoping you would get that out of this, but it's it's completely different. It's great. And it's innocent. So no. So no girlfriend or ex-girlfriend OD'd in this. No, it's actually a song about a lizard he brought home that makes oh the vet lyric makes sense yes it's so uh this is a song about stefan's chameleon norman stefan brought norman home from a music video shoot in 2014 for the song mabu this song is stefan's goodbye to norman who passed away after her tongue got infected and had to be amputated My girlfriend was in the studio when we were recording the record, Babcock says. I remember her turning to Dave, our producer, and being like, Stefan finally wrote a love song, and it's for his fucking chameleon. I like this song a lot more. I like this song a lot more knowing it's about a lizard. Selfishly, I was really hoping you were going to think it was about a girlfriend. Uh, I tried, just, man. Just so I could kind of maybe blow your mind with the with the note. Because, yeah, so the video for Mabu is him driving his old family car in a demolition derby and then taking the the wrecked derby car to a scrap metal place to get it crushed the video is like a funeral for the car so when he was doing this video yeah he found a chameleon at the scrapyard 
picked it up, brought it home. And then when he said he spent every dime of his pitiful savings and loans, he took out loans to make this chameleon better, like to, to, to get it healthy. But then, yeah, it just passed away. I, I, I like this track. 1000 fold more than I did a second ago. Yeah. I, 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 the fact that it's about a lizard, I'm on. I'm into this track a lot. I, I like this track. This track might crack my top three now. It is in my top three. Gotta be honest. Yeah, I was, it, it, I couldn't figure it out. It, it's weird because the, the lyrics on this thing, they're so specific at times and then they're also so vague at times. Yeah. So I never know if I'm actually figuring out what he's saying or if mm-hmm. I'm just assuming that this is what he's saying. And that's right. what happened there. I just assumed his girlfriend died. Yeah. So, or his ex-girlfriend. I don't know. Yeah. Nope. It, it was about his chameleon. Moving on to the coast. Yep. Amazing individual lines and hooks on this thing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, but I can't figure out how it's all connected together on this singular track. Like I can't see the tendrils between the different emotions. Okay. Um, even though sonically, it works like a finely tuned machine. Like mm-hmm. this thing is great Fr- yeah. front to back. Every one of these tracks is extremely well written, extremely well produced and extremely well performed. Yeah. Everything about every track on here is great. Then the other thing I have on here, there's like that group layered scream shout towards the, like the middle end of the track. Mm-hmm. And it really reminded me of the unseen. Have you listened to the unseen? I don't think so. Got to add something to the list. There we go. There's a vocal style of the band The Unseen that is kind of like just those layered shout and screams. Sure. Every, every lyric. Oh, wow. And I I got that feel from here. And that's where the I, that is where I saw some of the punk. I was like, OK, hmm. I, I see I see some of the punk now. And which is wild that you saw some of the punk in this track, because this is one of their yeah. like most toned down tracks on this record. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I just couldn't put the the tendrils together. Through all of it. So what did um, what did Stefan say? This song is based off of an old Inuit story called A Promise is a Promise. It's about a girl who gets grabbed through a frozen lake by monsters who force her to live with them for the rest of her life. The story was told to Inuit children to teach them to be weary of thin ice. Stefan's parents read it to him when he was five years old and he was pretty traumatized by it. If I had even maybe liner notes to this. I probably would have enjoyed all these songs if I could figure out what they were talking about most of the time. Maybe that's why I couldn't connect with it because I didn't understand what was happening. Maybe. But I also, again, me saying these things, it's for the show. Like if I'm listening to this, I'm at the moment. Nothing. Yeah. And the moment I try to connect and Mm -hmm. I can't, I will stop and I'll just listen like that. That's just what my day would be. But because it's for the show, I, I try to go down every avenue and figure out every every facet of my listening abilities (laughs) oh yeah so then from the coast we go to old wounds very unseen feeling at the beginning because you have those same shouted shouted layered vocals at the beginning sure this is where i had a question of is this a breakup song yes and then immediately went to is this an entire breakup album no because after i heard this one as a breakup song I started hearing bits and pieces in other tracks that were like, maybe this is a whole breakup album. Like this, this seems negative. Right. I've never had like that angry, that anger after a breakup. Like I've never had a breakup where I was angry. I'm sure I was, but it was always more sad. Right. I've never, I've never had that. Oh, that fucking bitch. I've never felt that. Right. So I don't, that's not an emotion I can connect with. Yeah. And I think this, this track had a lot of that anger of a breakup. 
I don't know. What does Stefan say about it? Please tell me it's about a it's about a deer. No, I don't have anything about this one actually. It's just a breakup song, I think. Hey, at least I got one right. There at least we, we I, I figured out that this one is a breakup song. Next track is My Life Is Over and I Couldn't Be Happier. Mm-hmm. The line, if I came home right now, what would I find out? The yeah. way it's sung, where it's at, how it's done. It, it gives me chills every time. Mm. It's just so well done. Yeah. Does the, is this like another, like, I caught you cheating? Like, is I think this a this breakup plays, song? I think this plays into the previous song. See, how am I supposed to figure out what song works with other songs and which songs are about lizards like i don't know how i don't know how it's supposed to figure this out i liked it though but that line by itself overshadowed the rest of it like yeah. that just hearing that line you could play me a verse from anywhere else in that in that track and i wouldn't know what song it is but you mm. play that part and it's like oh i know exactly what song that yeah. is. can't win very good <laughs> okay Ellipses. yeah Ellipses. <laughs> as as a song sonically okay it takes me a bit to get into the vibe of every track. Like there's these, like there's micro changes in emotions mm-hmm. and maybe they seem similar to other people, but for some reason, these micro changes seem like vast chasms to me. <laughs> oh no. Moving from this emotion that I just understood what it is, which I guess I didn't cause it's a fucking lizard. And then <laughs> moving on, moving to a different emotion that might just be like a tiny turn of the knob different, but in my head and to my heart, when I hear it, it feels vastly different. Sure. The song Can't Win really, to me, and I mentioned this earlier, and this is why it was in my head, mm. has like that defeatist mentality. Like, you're never going to win. You have no chance sure. to win. Yeah. And Jamie Josta taught me that that's not how to live. <laughs> gotcha. so, so maybe if I would have heard this before I heard Hate Breeds Defeatist, I would yeah. feel a different way. Understood. But I was listening to this. I was listening this whole time being like, you can't, you can't, you can't be a defeatist. Like right. that you're not, not, nothing's going to work out. But I also understand that some people are defeatists and whatever you want to live that way. I don't care how you live, but just <laughs> me personally. Yeah. Not a defeatist. Jamie Jossa taught me differently. What did Stefan say about this track? Please tell me it's, it's about, I win all the time. That's all it is about. <laughs> no. uh, can't win came from a pretty anxious place. Feeling like I could have done more with my life. I think a lot of people in their mid-20s feel this way. You have all these expectations of what you're going to do when you're quote-unquote grown up. And although I can't really complain, my life is pretty sweet, I still have days when I wake up in a van in a Walmart parking lot with a bunch of dudes and think, Jesus, I'm 27 years old. What the hell am I doing here? He knows that his life is pretty sweet. He's He knows. It's just sometimes you look at yourself and you're like, what am I really doing right now? That resonates with me so much like i love my life but i'll find myself in situations every once in a while where i'm like really this this is what's going on i understand that but i'm also not one and this isn't like saying anything about people who are but i'm definitely not a person that likes to dwell in those kind of thoughts sure and like really really like get a magnifying glass out and look at these things yeah like well well here we go let's look how shit i am today and it's just i always do this thing where i'm i try to be better every day and Mm -hmm. there's this the idea of these kind of like in my head would keep me stagnant in it and that's not what i wanted to do or be Right. But I understand that people do use this for to like vent that stuff. They do use it to deal with their stuff. And I'm not doubting that. I was just going to say, maybe this this being self-deprecating type thing for Stefan is a lot like the getting it out so it's out there and not in, just like the acacia strain 
does their thing to get it out and just be cool afterwards. And that's what I that's what I mean by how it's still great as a song, because like I can I can recognize exactly what's going on. But there's no like I said, we're on opposite sides of the highway. Like it's Mm -hmm. coming one way and I'm going the other. This this is not the direction that I'm ever trying to head in. It's it's usually not a direction I'm even at. It's just I have to like take a weird exit off that highway to get there. It's just it's just not where I'm trying to hang out. Right. Next up, we have familiar patterns. Mm -hmm. This one, I think. And by the way. I found out of tracks about a lizard, so this might be all wrong, (laughs) but this is where I figured out the emotion that I don't vibe with. Okay. The the emotion that doesn't mix with me and it's celebratory despair. Like you're kind of celebrating your own despair, even if it's to deal with it. Like even Mm -hmm. if that's what this is and I can, I can recognize that I can say, yeah, he was, he put this out for him and other people can, you know, see that and like it. Sure. But to me, celebrating your despair is not something that I've ever done, at least on purpose, I guess (laughs) I love the sound Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't dislike the track, Okay, but the whole, the whole celebratory despair thing really, really took it down for me. And that's when I started looking at the other tracks and I was like, yeah, he's kind of celebrating the worst parts of who he is and what he's done and what's happened to him. Okay. Now, down in the basement, instead of ruling with the riffraff, the lyric. That lyric, yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. I think I think riffraff is underused in <laughs> everyday life. Yeah. Everyday life. And I I did spend a lot of time in a basement. Yeah. So I, 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 I definitely understood that lyric, and I liked it a lot. Yeah. The the, the celebratory despair didn't work for me. So please, tell sure. me what Stefan told me this was about. Was it's it his ki- trip to Zimbabwe or something? <laughs> it's kind of the logical lyrical continuation of Can't Win. A lot of this record is about the feeling of disillusionment and coping with that feeling and doing more than living with it, embracing it. I don't know if I want to embrace despair. Like, sure. that's where I'm at. And I guess he's not seeing that as despair. He's seeing that as maybe moving past his despair. Yeah. And again. Everybody interprets everything their own way. I'm yep. just saying personally what I'm hearing here. Sure. And there was a little like indie breakdown thing at the end of this track that mm-hmm. hit my ears just right. Yeah. Just right. Hit my ears. It was great. Love it. <laughs> so then we move on to the closer pine point. Yes. Here's where we get into the, you said that he was trying to fit it all in two, two minutes and 45 seconds. I have, I love this, mm-hmm. but it's like every track or even every individual verse could be a whole album worth of material. Sure. The stuff he's being specific about gives you details, but then he's vague. And I feel like you could just explore each of those things to make a whole album with one continuous theme, one continuous vibe. And again, if that's not their style, that's fine. Like they're, they, they, they're, they're artists. They can do what they want. Yeah. But this song is he goes through so much shit in this song about yeah. his life, about what happened, about where Pine Point is and what it is and everything like that. It makes for excellent tracks using that much material for a track. Mm-hmm. But then I, I just feel like you're just burning material. Once you make Pine Point and you put all that stuff in there, be it specific or vague, yeah. then it's kind of used. Like you kind of sure. already use that. And if you come back to it, there's going to be fans be like, well, we already heard this. Where I feel like Pine Point itself could be expanded upon, if, if not a whole album, at least an EP. Like, that thing could be five or six tracks. Sure. And Pine Point's amazing. I, I honestly don't have a bad thing to say about it at all. Like, I don't have... I, I 
maybe I couldn't connect with it, but it's it was so vague that you can connect somewhere within it. Mm-hmm. But again, that's weird because so vague yet very specific. <laughs> right. That's kind of what this whole album is. It's very vague and very specific. What Stefan said was Pine Point used to be a town in the Northwest Territories of Canada. On the first record, there's a song called Yukon, which is about a camping trip I took in that area with my sister. On the way home from that trip, we passed a hand-painted sign in the middle of nowhere that said, Welcome to Pine Point. There was nothing. The only thing left of Pine Point was a little graveyard in the middle of a huge expanse of wilderness. The idea of Pine Point blows my mind. There's nothing at all where this town used to be. The school, the church, the hockey arena, they were all hauled away or demolished. Every trace of Pine Point has been erased. Imagine growing up in a town that doesn't exist anymore. It would be like you had no past at all. And okay, be honest with me. When you heard Pine Point, did you catch all that? Nope. Yeah. I I don't know how I would get that. But again, they're artists doing what they need to do, doing their art. I am not here to... Actually, I am here to judge your art. That's what the show's about. (laughs) But it just... I don't know. I mean... If the whole idea is to make something that, and I know this isn't the point for like indie bands or punk bands, but if if the point of generally, if the point of music is to connect with the most people you can, yeah, having something that is so vague, yet the moment that you connect, they put something specific in it that is like, oh, I don't know what that is. Then it takes you out of it. It just seems a little off to me. But from what I understand... Pup is a very successful band. Oh, but this record, they're on tons of tons of charts. They have fans. I know they have yeah. fans. Oh, yeah. As of this, the, this episode that we're doing comes out on a Wednesday. On Friday, their fourth studio LP is coming out. I mean, all in all, before I give like my top three and everything, yeah. as a whole, I love every track. Like, I like every track individually. Sure. And I don't say this a lot. This would 100% be a... a, a individual track band for me like if you would have if you would have sent me even let's go three like three max three Mm -hmm. tracks off of this album i would have been like wow all three of those are amazing but then if i went and listened to the album i'd be having the same issue i'm having now sure like i just i can't put it together i can't find the tendrils that connect it also that's why i didn't do the bookend test because it just the themes change small in between each track. But when you add it all up, it's kind of still the same theme. It's weird to me. I can't figure it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm rarely lost for words. Sure. And in this one, I am lost for words because I can't exactly pinpoint what I am trying to explain when I say that the themes change a tiny bit. But for some reason, it feels like it's changing more than that. Okay. I've loved this record uh, since Johnny gave it to me. I thought it was fantastic. And I, I get it. Like when yeah. I hear it, I'm like, yes, yeah, Scott would love this. I understand why he loves it. I understand why the people who love it, love it. Yeah. Like I said, individual track wise, I think these tracks are phenomenal. I think every mm. track is great, like great, not just good, not just a good track. They are great tracks. Yeah. Just when you stack them together, it's too big for me to take a bite out of. Okay. Like, is that a good, is that a good metaphor to you? Sure. There? Um, so let's get into my top three then. I guess. Let's do that. Number three. Mm-hmm. And this one's going to feel weird because I kind of said that this was the theme that I didn't like on the entire album. Uh, <laughs> Old Wounds. Old Wounds is okay. number three. All right. The breakup song, you know, yeah. the breakup song about the angry breakup song about having an angry breakup, which I kind of never really had. I was never angry at a breakup. It was just like, OK, we're two people, you know, whatever. Right. Happened. Yeah. OK. My top three is done solely from like 
the song. Like I think, no, I think "Old Wounds" is the third best song on the on the album. Sure, it's not. Uh, even if I didn't connect with it, I didn't connect with any of these. If we're being real, like maybe Pine <laughs> right. Point a little bit, and yeah. maybe moments in other ones when they're being vague. Yeah. Number two, I'm gonna do a U here, and I'm gonna throw two a number two. There we go. I'm yeah, proud of you for this. I'm proud of you for this. It's going to be, I got to throw Sleep in the Heat in there. By yep. the way, it wasn't even on my radar until I found out I was about a lizard. Yeah. Now I'm in. My other number two is, and this one's tough because this was almost number one, yeah. um, Pine Point. Like I said, I think Pine Point is fantastic. If, yeah. if they did a whole album of Pine Point material, mm-hmm. like if they did Pine Point and then other tracks... Similar. I can't say similar because like all these tracks are similar to Pine Point. It's, it's hard. I... Man, I think I'm <laughs> this one so, threw you for a loop, huh? I think I'm so uneducated in the like the Midwest emo genre, which is what I hear a lot. Even if they're not classified that, that's what I hear. Mm-hmm. So like I'm trying to rationalize what Midwest emo means, especially Midwest emo in Canada, because Midwest is fucking Ohio. Yeah. So like that's very far away. And then my number one is maybe solely for the riff raff lyric it's familial patterns gotcha. I, I love that track and the indie breakdown at the end is what put it over the top i yeah. think without that indie breakdown pine point is number one sure i really like familiar patterns i like the they said don't quit your j job but guess what i never had one i yeah. love that line by the way i liked every instrument played on here yeah. what if there was noodling it was fine to me i had no problem with it yeah the the vocals and that's why that's why it was interesting to me when you said about the polyps, because if this is post that, mm-hmm. then like that means he either had to like change how he was singing in a certain right. way or mm-hmm. or with, with surgery, maybe it forced him to change. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, he sounds the same on this record as he did as as he has on every other record that puppets put out. Okay, well, it's a very specific mm-hmm. way of singing. Singing is actually and that might be why it pissed me off a little <laughs> okay. bit, too, because he's singing in a way. He's singing in a way that I would sing and I because I can't sing. <laughs> but then he's also hitting notes. Like that's what right. bothers me. Like he's singing, he's singing as a guy, like the the quote unquote punk yeah. vocal is singing because you can't sing. But then he's he is actually singing and hitting notes. So maybe to me that fucking me a little bit too. I don't know. <laughs> My top three starting off at number three is the coast. I really like the story that it's based off of. Like I like that idea. I dig the change up within the record, like in the track list you go from these kind of super fast little bit of hardcore vibes in the first couple songs and then you slow it up with a coast give it that dynamic change and i really dig that my number two is sleep in the heat because it's about a lizard because it's about a lizard I, I really dig it and then my number one is can't win because i feel it i wonder if you would like any of their other records i i'd be willing to try at least put it this way maybe send me tracks instead of the whole album maybe i will by the way i'm also no matter what i'm saying it's not telling anybody they're wrong oh, no, no, no. what they took out no, of i'm just their i never want anybody to feel yeah. that way but maybe i i wonder if you'd like morbid stuff better than the dream is over i gave you the dream is over because it's the first one that i got and i'm and i'm glad i'm glad this is the one you gave me because you have more connection to it and because I can't connect to it, one of us has. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I really like I really like a lot of tracks off of their self-titled debut. I really dig Morbid Stuff. That's a great record. This Place Sucks Ass. Their EP that came out was great. And then I'm really looking forward to their new record coming out. I think it's called The Unraveling of Pup the Band. I'm really looking forward to that. 
I can't wait. And I mean, maybe to put a caveat on this, like maybe there was a little barrier to me getting to because don't get me wrong, even though I couldn't connect to mm-hmm. this, this album still put me in my feelings a sure. lot. Like I would be listening and I would just and I've had a pretty wild like last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So like I've been a little down to begin sure. with. And I think maybe I was fighting off this album okay. because it was bringing me down more. I get it. So yeah. that's a possibility. Yeah. But I, I I gave it my best. No, <laughs> I, tried. I, I tried. I'm glad you liked the individual tracks, even though maybe it didn't work out for you as a, as a whole. I think I would enjoy pop a lot more if they just like popped up on compilation albums that I liked. Mm-hmm. And I just heard tracks here and there. Going to say thrown on or grown. Because it's a track band for me. Yeah. If, if If I bought this on vinyl. I couldn't see myself putting it on and listening straight through because I don't, I, I could listen to one side. I could see myself doing that, but then I feel like I'm, sh- I'm, I'm not giving the credit the record deserves. Sure. I like, like the record sentient and it knows <laughs> if I don't turn it over. It's very disappointed when it doesn't get flipped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think for that reason alone, like if these tracks pop up on a compilation like album, I'll buy it. Like, I, I mean, let's be real. I bought the Nutty Professor 2 soundtrack because Thong song. <laughs> I'm I'm if one of these pops up on even a movie soundtrack and I don't like any of the tracks, I'll probably buy it yeah. just so I can like hear that within there because I do like the individual tracks. I, I just can't see myself putting this on and playing it. Although maybe I revisit this down the road and I feel differently. Like maybe if I'm in a better place mentally, yeah, right. personally, yeah. then I'll be able to do it. But. I enjoyed every track. I just didn't enjoy the complete meal. Sure. So it's a groan. It's a soft groan. Yeah. But I, it, it's hard to say groan because I do, I do thoroughly appreciate and enjoy every track. Yeah. I just for the parameters <laughs> that we set on what throw note or groan is. I don't see myself owning yeah. it. I own it, and it's fantastic. What else were you listening to this week, other than pop? Uh, I was listening to Drug Church's new record, Hygiene. I really dig them. They're like a post hardcore band that I really like. Uh, they're on the list for you. Previous record cheer is one that I'm going to give you. I, I think I like cheer more, but it's, it's still really good. I, I love it. I was listening to something a little different. I was listening to corpse grinder album, corpse grinder. And if you don't not familiar with this corpse grinder is the vocalist of cannibal corpse. George corpse grinder. Fisher is his name. <laughs> okay. You would recognize him because his neck is the exact yeah he's like width of his shoulders yeah, yeah he's got like no neck right um, yeah I think I've seen him oh no he has this the thickest neck you've ever seen from the amount of like head banging and hair swinging. oh jeez it is it has the brutality of Cannibal Corpse but it's very I don't want to say deathcore ish because that's kind of unfair I know deathcore is one of those genres that gets shit on nowadays. Yeah. But it's definitely closer to Acacia Strain than it is Cannibal Corpse. Oh, okay. It was a solid, and I don't give out my ratings for things often. Yeah, I know you don't. But uh, the Corpse Grinder album, it was a nine for me. Oh, I wow. I really liked it. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought the music on it was great. I've never heard his vocals where I wasn't like, yeah, yeah, he's ripping. He's yeah, ripping right. right now. Yeah. It's great. I, I actually thought about bringing you the Corpse Grinder album before I brought you a Cannibal Corpse album, just so oh, you can wow. kind of just so you could kind of get the idea of these vocals and maybe break it down a little bit before sure. we add the extremeness of just a, <laughs> a, a, a solo for no reason. Well, every member of the band doing a solo at the same time, kind of. Oh, man. Like some of that extreme metal shit, like it's like Suffocation's first album. It, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like everybody's, everybody's just doing just a solo. Soloing. Yeah. 
And, it, and it's like, I, I get the attraction here. I get why some people enjoy this, but I don't know how you can listen to it consistently. Right. But I think Corpse Grinder is maybe the most palatable thing that okay. he's ever done. All right. And that's coming from somebody who actually likes Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. So, yeah. Corpse Grinder, Corpse Grinder, though, is my record of the week. Awesome. So what am I listening to this week? Well, in our pre-show meeting, yep. <laughs> I, I've i mentioned to you that I, I didn't really have anything I'm giving you yet. I was going to wait for something in the episode yeah. to give you. Right. And I think we're just going to do it. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the Unseen's album. Sure. So it's the Unseen. Mm-hmm. And the album is State of Discontent. State of Discontent. All right. And the album came out in 05 on Hellcat Records. Okay, so now I have kind of a feel of what what is coming, knowing yeah. that it's a Hellcat uh, release. I put that on the list this episode. <laughs> I guess I got to take it off the list this episode too. Yeah, I, I guess God there's there's no use of it being on the list at all. I can automatically say I think you're probably gonna like it. There may be some problems you have with it, but I don't. I can't see you coming in and shitting on this thing. <laughs> okay. At least for the the vibes it's given off. So we talked about Pop the Dream is Over. I gave it a soft groan. Yep. Even though I have to put an asterisk beside it because I have to say I liked every track a lot. I I did like every track a lot. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at AYLpod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Ask us questions. Recommend uh, mini-sodes. We'll do something. Yep. Follow us on or join our Facebook group. You'll find that in the show notes. Yep, we have one. We're available wherever podcasts are listened to. Anywhere. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find us. Yep. Tell uh, tell your weird uncle. Especially <laughs> especially if your weird uncle's listening to Metallica. <laughs> Don't tell him. He won't yeah, be tell happy. him. But if there's nothing else, I mean, we're going to be listening to to the unseen yeah. for next week. So, Scott, thank you for this episode. Thank, thank you for you. pops. Thank you, I guess, through the transitive property to Johnny for yep. bringing pops. 100% I did, thanks to Johnny. I did really enjoy it, but, you know, we live in a gray area, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that we do. Um, thank you, listeners. Yeah, thank you guys for uh, listening. Taking time out of your day to listen to us two stooges talk about music. Are you listening? Are you listening? It's actually a song about a lizard. A lizard. Lizard. Lizards. Fucking lizard. Lizard. A lizard. Lizards. Lizards. Lizard. 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 A lizard. 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 The themes change small.